Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to A Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Ange Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to Tally, who is living abroad in Ireland. Now, Tally talks to us about why she decided to move to Ireland with her family, what it's like to be in an interracial relationship, how she doesn't have to think about her skin color while living in Ireland compared to the United States, and finally, why you and everyone else should go live in Ireland. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing good. Doing all right. Good to hear you. Good to hear you. And for those listening, if you hear some some kind of like rain in the background, that's because it's raining and it's pouring here in Costa Rica. Typical oh. afternoon rain shower in the rainy season here in Costa Rica. <laughs> so enjoy right. that little ambiance in the background. But, <laughs> but all right. So Sally, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, please. Okay. Um, so I am 25. I was born and raised in the U.S., um, Florida specifically. Um, I am a first-generation American, uh, born to two Haitian immigrants. Um, so I'm Haitian as well. Um, and I went to, I decided to leave Florida in 2014 for college. I moved to New York and I lived in New York for the past six or seven years. Um, and that's where I completed my college education. Um, and I married, I met my husband there who is um, from Ireland. He's an Irish citizen. Um, so we met in New York. We got married 2018. Um, we have two kids. And so, yeah, we've just been doing life together, traveling. Um, and then all of a sudden, this year, 2020, uh, a bunch of things happened. And pretty much I came to Ireland thinking I was just coming to visit and all of a sudden decided to stay and live. Wow. So it was unexpected. <laughs> a lot of life happening in those uh, this great breakdown there. So let's <laughs> let's take it piece by piece there. So where in Florida are you from? Or were you born and raised? So I um, am from West Palm Beach, but I grew up in the suburbs, so not the city. So I'm specifically from Wellington. Okay, okay. And where did you, where did you go to school in New York? Um, so I went to the new school for drama. Oh, nice. Very um, nice. Yep. And then I was actually, I started this year, actually, my master's at uh, Hunter College. Okay. Um, but I'm no longer at Hunter because uh, I withdrew because I moved to Ireland. And now I am completing my master's at a college here in Ireland. Okay, awesome. So you're in the arts as well. I'm a, by the way, I'm from New York. I'm from New York as well. And I'm a oh, music cool. music teacher, so it's good to see that you're in the arts as well. That's very cool. Very I cool. I am. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So then, so let's start right there. So you go to New York City. You're completing mm-hmm. your education. So you meet your husband, and mm-hmm. when you decided, when you guys are together, when do you have children before you went to Ireland, or well, you guys were in New York. Um, we had our kids in New York. So okay. I actually got pregnant with our first kid my junior year of undergrad. Um, 
unexpectedly. And so we had her, I finished my um, bachelor's degree on time, despite um, having my daughter. Congrats. And then I, I decided to take a year off to take a break. Um, and so took a year off, traveled a little bit, and then got pregnant with my son. And so I ended up not going back to college last year because I got pregnant, had my son, stayed home for a little bit. And then I was like, all right, 2020 is my year. And I'm going to... <laughs> 2020 is my year. I'm going to work on myself and get back in uh, the workforce and get back to my education. And my kids are going to school, so I'm going to have more free time. So, yeah. All right, I see. And life is like, all right, this is what we're going to do for 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so you also mentioned that you're, you're Haitian-American. So I'm Dominican-American. So you are you're, you are na- neighbors. We're neighbors in that sense. So have you, yes, ever, have you ever been yeah. to Haiti? I have, yeah. I used to go a lot um, in the summers growing up to visit my family there. And I actually got married there. Oh, you really got married in Haiti. Awesome. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Um, okay, so your husband is obviously white. You are yep. black. You're, you know, you're from yep. the Caribbean. Uh, what yep. was your parents' reaction when you said I'm gonna marry a white guy? <laughs> um, well, to be blunt. Um, <laughs> right. So you know, I never. So I grew up in a very like strict Haitian household. Um, so Haitian parents are very, very strict. And so for them, it's like you go off to college and you finish like your bachelor's and your master's and you start your career. And then all of a sudden you bring home like this guy and you're like, all right, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. And you just settle down then. Um, but one day I, I actually never told my mom that I was dating my husband um, because I knew she would freak out. But <laughs> I got pregnant, and then one day I called her and was like, uh, so, um, I'm pregnant, and this is the guy, and, uh, yeah, she was angry, and she was pissed, and she hung up, and we didn't talk for a while, um, oh, man. How, then, how old were you? Oh, God, I would have been, I would have been, like, 19, about oh, to turn 20. okay, got it, got it. Yeah, so, fairly young as well, so not good. <laughs> Um, but so then my mom demanded that my husband actually go down to Florida and meet my parents. And so he flew down, um, that weekend, he met them and they were fine. So, um, I don't think that they had a problem with him being white so much as the problem of, uh, me being pregnant in college. Um, so I think they were absolutely fine with it as long as he was going to be serious and he was going to take care of me and take care of the kid. Um, they were absolutely fine. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure they were, they were, they were probably pleased that you had the wedding in Haiti. I'm sure they were pleased about that. Decision. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Keep the influence. <laughs> exactly. Right. Keep the culture. Very smart. Very smart decision by you there. Keep your parents happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> all right. So then, all right, you, you have your, your children. And then at what point did you guys decide you were going to live in Ireland? Did you go, you went to visit first, I'm assuming, and then you decided to live, right? Um, no, we've been visiting Ireland since um, 
since I think the first time I visited Ireland would have been like 2016. And so we've always come to Ireland for like the summer mm. or the holidays because this is where all of his family is. He has no family in the U.S. Um, so we've always come to Ireland to visit. But um, so Ireland was not on our radar. We were like, we're diehard New Yorkers. We love New York. Um, I love New York. And we were like, New York is the place where we're going to raise our babies. We're going to buy a house there. It's going to be great. Like, we loved our life. Um, mm. Raising city kids, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then 2020 happened. The pandemic hits. We're doing some major reflection. Um, <laughs> doing some major reflection because we're stuck in a apartment um you know all four of us together um 24 7 can't go out um and then george floyd happened mm. and i think that's when the deep conversations started happening about where do we want to live um and where do we want to raise our kids so i think george floyd and that whole um, incident kind of woke us up a little bit and sparked the conversation of we need to think about how we want to raise our kids, how do we talk about race with our kids, um, what kind of environment we want for them, and where we want to raise our kids. And more and more stuff started happening. I mean, we're, you know, we were living under Trump presidency, so it's just like the past four years under Trump have been really crazy. Um, and so I think just with everything that started happening after George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and all these, all the protests, we kind of were just like, we don't know if we want to live in America um, for a long time. And if we, you know, we were thinking about buying a house um, next year, and we're just like, if we buy a house in New York, that's a commitment. Like, we're committing to living in the United States for a certain amount of time yeah. and it kind of just dawned on this that we don't know if we actually want to live in America um for 10 or 20 or how many plus years if that's the place that we want to raise our kids um and so we just had some deep reflection and so um Basically, I started college uh, in in August, and so I decided to come to Ireland because I needed help with my kids, and so uh, my in-laws were going to be there to help me um, and sort of help me while I'm in school to, with child care because the schools weren't open in New York. And so, um, you know, before he left, he was just like, all right, so we're going to go to Ireland, and we should think about if Ireland is the place that we want to raise our children and start our life, we should take these next two or three months that we're there to explore what a life there would be like for us as an interracial family, mm -hmm. um, for our kids, um, career wise, you know, compare the U S to Ireland. Um, and then we go from there to build our life. And so the plan was that I'd come here for three, four months and then in January, go back to New York. And then we sort of decide, okay, do we want to live there? Yay or nay. But I came, um, I fell in love with it, and <laughs> that conversation happened quick, and we decided, you know what, we're moving. So, moving on to that point, right, so when you decided mm -hmm. you were going to move to Ireland, so obviously, you're, yeah. you're you're now, you have experience, like you just said, living in predominantly white spaces, right, when it comes to, like, you know, right. West Palm Beach, and now you're going to move yeah. from choosing New York, which is, you know, very diverse, 
and then moving yeah. to a predominantly white country to raise your biracial, cho- biracial children while you're black. So right, tell me what yeah. was going through your mind when you like, okay, this seems like right for me based on those things. Mm. So I think for me, like, I always thought New York was the perfect state because I had said I would never raise my kids in Florida or ever go back to Florida. Like once I left Florida, I knew that I was done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to New York thinking New York is this amazing progressive um, place. And it is. It's progressive in many ways. It's very diverse, um, but it's also very div- divided, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so despite despite us living in a very culturally diverse place and uh, my daughter going to a school that was very progressive and inclusive, um there's no doubt that the systems in America are still in place. So systemic racism and all these different isms and um, all these different, all these different, uh, God, how do I say the word? Anyways, all these different systems are still in place despite us living in this progressively forward place. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I just compared, okay, number one, the police are an issue in America. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, I try my best. For example, when I lived in America, I tried my best not to come into contact with police officers. Like I did not make eye contact. Like I remember my growing up, my mom would say, do not call 911 unless someone is dying. (laughs) Like if someone is dying, then call 911. Otherwise, don't we don't call the police unless it is like life or death and so Mm -hmm. that was kind of my motto as well so for us we kind of just thought okay policing like i have two biracial children that can technically be called black passing and i have a black son so Mm -hmm. it's like you know as a black mother um that fear you know comes into your head especially with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and I mean all the many names before them Mm -hmm. all these incidents are always at the back of your mind and you fear for your kids you fear for yourself I fear for myself and I fear for my kids Mm -hmm. and so you know despite Ireland being a predominantly white country um it's very diverse now I have to say more than I thought it was but for me I it was about all right so what are the police like in Ireland, right, versus the police in America. And so one of the things that drew me to Ireland was the fact that the police in Ireland don't have guns. Mm, I didn't know that. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Fun fact. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they don't have guns. That is very comforting to know. <laughs> number two, okay, right. <laughs> that's very comforting to know. And so number two, just guns are not an issue in Ireland. So the citizens of Ireland are not allowed to have guns. So the police don't have guns. The citizens don't have guns. Um, So those were two comparisons that I was like, all right, this seems much, um, this seems much like a much better option for us. Um, And there's racism everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, There's racism here in Ireland. There's racism everywhere. But there's a difference, you know, racism here looks different than racism in America. Mm-hmm. Um, racism in America, no doubt, is deadly, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So 
Karen calling the police on you, it can turn deadly. Getting stopped by the police, it can turn deadly. I mean, I've had so many incidents in my life. Just one just last year when I was pregnant that could have turned deadly. Mm. Um, So for me, it was just like, all right, like... I've dealt with racism all my life. I've been called the N word <laughs> countless times. I've been bullied. I've been I experienced microaggressions all the time, but my life is a different story. My mm. kids' lives is a different story. Um, and I don't want to have to constantly live in this fear. I felt like in America I was constantly having to make myself small. Like I would mm. like I did not like especially where I lived, I I purposely did not leave my house, for instance wearing sweatpants or basketball shorts or dressed a certain kind of way mm-hmm, because yeah. then I know that they perceive me a certain kind of way. So these things were always like on my mind, how I dress, how I sound, how I present myself, mm-hmm. be nice, be gentle. Don't come off aggressive. Don't. Yeah. It, so altering yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, I mean, obviously sobering points, but great points to make, right. As far as like how mm-hmm. you have to alter yourself to, fit in a place where you're born and raised, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. yeah. counterintuitive, but that's kind of like the way it is. But um, it's so interesting, like you just said, like the whole like gun thing. Like something is, because again, obviously I had no idea that they didn't have guns in Ireland. So the fact that you have police that don't have guns, so something that could kill you, that's deadly, right? Deadly force. Yeah. And then neither do the yeah. citizens, the likelihood of an encounter between a citizen and a police mm-hmm. officer turning deadly is a lot less likely <laughs> because of just yes. those two factors. So, all right, so let, yes. let's talk about, you mentioned, because obviously I want to, let's go, let's jump right now into Ireland, right? So you mentioned there's, it's more diverse now. So what kind yeah. of people or like what kind of immigration does Ireland receive now that you say it's kind of diverse? What, like what kind of people do you see? Um, so at the moment, I know there's, based off what I've seen, it's, it's just like I actually don't live in Dublin. So I am in the outskirts in the countryside and so just here in the countryside it's very like a very small town where i am but um from what i've seen it's a ton of uh nigerians kenyans rwandians um indians and uh, yeah i think those are kind of like the main um the main groups that I've uh, seen so far. So that that was an issue, though. I was just like, all right, I want my kids to go to school. And, you know, like that was the great thing about New York was that it was so diverse. And I want my kids to go to school and see themselves mm-hmm. in their teacher, in their classmates, just all around them. I want them to be in these diverse, inclusive um environments and one of the things that i do like about ireland is that um ireland is since since about 2016 or 2017 they have been pushing for more um progressive um progressive laws uh so the the it's the citizens here in ireland who tend to vote on things not like a supreme court or their their government or whoever Mm. so it is the citizens who decide to vote yes to abortion or yes to gay marriage or um yes to strict gun laws or this or that Mm -hmm. so um they've been moving more towards um a very progressive and inclusive uh country and um and more towards socialism like the way they operate here it's very much of like a 
community socialistic approach, which I like. There's a great work-life balance. Mm. Um, the individual person is is cared about, you know, so like profit is not first. Um, and so that's kind of one of the turnoffs for me about <laughs> living in America <laughs> is I have to say the fact that profit is often first money that yeah. is often number one before human life. Um, yeah. And so that's, that leads to destruction. I mean, all of it. So yeah. um, that was one of the things that I liked about Ireland, but it is, it is getting more and more um, diverse. And I, I want to say, I think also here with Ireland, I want to say Irish people are very, um, Americans are very bold. Like the Irish would say Americans are bold, meaning Americans are more um, outspoken. Um, they're not afraid to speak their mind. Um, and they often tell you their opinion, whether you want to hear it or not. Mm. And so here in Ireland, um, they're not necessarily like that. They don't believe that every opinion should be shared. So here they're not as bold here. It's sort of like you keep to yourself and you mind your business, um, kind of culture. Yeah. So they're not in your face. Um, the likelihood of you encountering uh, a Karen who just wants to tell you to go back to Africa and <laughs> wants to spew out her hate. Um, less likely. It is, <laughs> yes, less likely because they're just not as uh, a bold. You know, I yeah. have, yes, I've gotten stares walking around with my husband, um, especially in some of like the really, really small towns and villages mm -hmm. where it's like you can tell there's like no people of color <laughs> in those villages. Um, so that's so interesting. But, Let's head on that point real quick. So I, I think it's an mm -hmm. interesting point to make because, like you said, which is true, there's racism mm -hmm. everywhere, right? But everywhere. Be, but because yeah. of the boldness, I guess we could say of America's, which I think is true, right? This bold, like, hey, yeah. we're going to say whatever's on my mind. It, all yeah. the time. And then obviously we have a yes. president that does the same, right? And no mm -hmm. filter whatsoever. So you have this kind of overt, kind of racist, kind of ideology that happens in America, yeah. right? So I wonder, yeah. this is the question, because obviously I'm not living there, you are. So I wonder mm -hmm. if like in Ireland, whether it's race, less racist or more racist, I think that's irrelevant. But I think you might, like considering what you're saying, it might be mm -hmm. more covert, where they might look, they right. might look at you like, okay, why are you here? But they would never in a million years say that to you. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It definitely, I think in America, it could be, I guess, more out in the open. But I guess I also look at the way they treat me. Like, mm. I guess, for instance, in America, I'm like, I feel like in America, I'm always aware of my skin color. So mm. when I go for a job interview, I'm aware that I'm black and they are treating me a certain way. They're talking to me a certain way. Um, just walking down, like just walking through my neighborhood when I used to live in New York. I mean, I used to live in a predominantly Greek neighborhood. And so just walking down the neighborhood, the way they'd like look at you or the way they talk to you. I mean, were you living in Queens? I was, I was Where living in Queens. In Queens. Astoria. Oh, okay, I was like, I'm like, Greek neighborhood sounds like Queens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was in Astoria, Dittmars. And so the section I was in especially was like a predominantly Greek neighborhood. Um, my kids had like a Greek doctor, but I just remember going to the doctor's, off, doc, off, doctor's office for one and um, just the way he spoke to me, it was like he spoke down to me. Mm. Um, so I just reflect on just like you can feel it 
I feel like almost in America, whereas here, um, I don't know, here I feel like people are a bit more polite, I guess would be the word. Um, It doesn't feel like they're talking down on me. Um, Like, they're just very friendly here um i i personally have not had any bad experiences usually the minute i open my mouth and they hear the american accent they want to know all about my life in america and what it was like living under donald trump um (laughs) they're always like intrigued about oh my god you're from america um but they're always very friendly like even the police here i remember coming into contact with the police and thinking oh my god they must be so hostile because those have been my experiences in America, and mm-hmm. they were very, they were very friendly. And I had a conversation with the police and cracked jokes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, sounds like a children's story, <laughs> right? Like this is a weird thing to say, but that ha- I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you guys are friendly. Because oh, um, I've had to go into the. Um, into the police station for a few things while I've been here regarding my immigration status. And they've always been very friendly. You know, they've never walked, I've never walked in there and felt like, Oh God, like they're sizing me up or they're judging me there. I I really wonder based on the things you're saying, and this thought Mm -hmm. just came to, I wonder how many countries, let's say like our predominant, like European countries, right? Let's just say that look to America and see the things that are happening in America and go, whoa! We don't want to be like that. <laughs> like, I really, like, I really wonder if they, if 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 countries have like reevaluated their own, let's say, their own prejudices and all these other things to be like, okay, listen, we might not have you know as many be- people of color as America does, but the right. ones that are here, let's not treat them like utter shit. <laughs> I wonder if like that's, that's right. like a re- uh, uh, thing that's happening right now throughout this crazy time that we're living in, right? Whereas like countries like. Because, you know, I mean, first of all, tourism matters, right? So you never want to yeah. lose that part of, of your economy. So if you want people right. that look like you and me to go to your countries, we got to hear these stories, right? Because like you just said, there's right. Nigerians there, people from, you know, Kenya, people from Africa that are living there. So it's important to see people that look like you, not just visiting these spaces, but living in these spaces as well. So I think your story is so, because again, I had no idea. I'm thinking, oh, Ireland, super white, like, you know, whatever. But, you know, (laughs) but it's good to know that there's actually people of color, you know, black and brown people living in Ireland. That means one, it's possible to live there if you would, if you want to as a person of color. And two, Mm -hmm. based on your experience, obviously your experience is your experience. But based on this that we're hearing, you probably be okay. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. No, I think I will, um be a-okay here but you know even when I came here I was kind of shocked um because when I came I found like a whole community of like black and brown friends like a whole group of like women like black women from like Kenya and like Rwanda and black women from America as well like some of the friends Mm. I've made here are black American women like myself from the U.S. Mm. um who also just fell in love with the country and decided to live here. Um, so I was like, oh, like I thought I'd come here and kind of struggle to find like friends of color. And it was like this whole community that I did not know existed of um, also tons of like a huge Filipino community here. So like just a bunch That's of Filipino awesome. and yeah, like African and um, black American women here. So I was like, wow, I did not know that that existed. <laughs> um and there, and there are things I think you know. Just watching the Irish news or television, uh, when I got here, I noticed that in their 
you know, just watching the the media here, it seemed like they were really trying to push the conversation of Black Lives Matter. And mm. what does that mean here in Ireland? Because there was a protest in Dublin at the time of um, George Floyd's murder. And so I remember watching TV and it was like they really... Um, were like in the schools really pushing that conversation of what does it look like to be black here in Ireland? Mm. Um, we need to create this inclusive, um, transparent, and we need to push to, um, we need to push to have these open hearted conversations. Um, and so that was really nice to see. I mean, I, I think I watched this like news segment about what they were doing in the secondary schools here. So like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing like, like Black Lives Matter flags and like the, you know, trans flag and the LBGTQ flag in the classrooms and thinking, oh my God, that would never <laughs> be allowed in a school in America. Right, right, right. That's, yeah. Even, like, even that in some progressive never, places, that wouldn't be allowed in schools in America. You're so that right. would not be, yeah. even in New York, that yeah. just would not wouldn't because fly. some yeah. parent would be pissed off. That's, that's, so, and, that's so crazy to even hear that. Uh, so wild. Okay. Exactly. So wow. here I am watching like this news segment about what these kids and their school are doing. And the teachers got like the flags just hanging up in her classroom, like really big flags as well. Like they're not hidden. <laughs> That's some tiny like, flags. <laughs> Let's put yeah. behind this one. <laughs> <laughs> like really big. And I'm like, oh, they're not. Okay. They are. Um, and so it was, it was a big yeah. thing. Cause you know, I believe like Stormzy visited and, um, he was a part of that conversation, like a lot of the schools here. Um, but I could tell the conversation was happening because even with my in-laws, you know, when I came home, they wanted to ask me a ton of questions and they wanted to have the conversation of like, okay, what they could do to be an ally or how do they show up mm-hmm. more, yeah. you know, what that looks like for them, um, having, you know, uh, biracial grandchildren or niece and nephew, like, what is that like for them? How can they show up? And them just telling me their views and how they felt about the situation. So it felt good to know that that conversation was um, being had. And, you know, I, I, I have to say, since I've come here, I have had, in my personal experience, it has not been um, a difficult time. I remember just... My time with immigration, for instance, when I came here, I had to have uh, an interview with um, immigration to get my residency. And I remember, th- I remember before I went in there, I was so nervous. I was so scared because I was like, I know how American immigration is. They like rip you apart. <laughs> so I was like, this woman, she's going to rip me apart. Like, why am I trying to come here and enter the country? What am I doing? But I walked in there, and she made a few Donald Trump jokes and stamped my passport and was like, welcome to the country. Awesome, awesome. So let's talk about, so let's, let's get a little bit now into the, 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 this will be like the last segment of, of the episode mm-hmm. of the, uh, you know, the things you could do in Ireland once you're there living or yeah. visiting, whoever's listening yes, instead yeah. of visiting Ireland. So what are your yeah. like, so this would be like lightning round questions. All right, so what is your favorite place in Ireland? Oh, favorite place. All right, favorite top um, two. Top two. I'll give you two. Go ahead. Top two places. Favorite top two places. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I do love Dublin. Um, 
I love Dublin. I love, like, I'm like a very, like, I'm like a city girl, so I have, like, the spirit of New York in me. So I love Dublin, which is the capital of Ireland. Um, there's lots to do there, <laughs> though the Irish people here think Dublin is so trashy. Mm, but right. <laughs> I love Dublin. Um, I love that city feel. But I have to say, number one, I love Galway. I think Galway is amazing. And where's that? Um, Galway would be, it's to the west of Ireland. Okay. Is it on the yeah. coast? It is. It's on okay. the coast, the west of Ireland. Um, Ed Sheeran actually has a song, like, Galway Girl. Like, oh, it was there like you a. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's amazing. It's like, it's like a. It's like, it is a big city, but also at the same time small and it's beautiful and great restaurants um great activities to do authentic irish dancing and you can learn about the irish culture and heritage um so that's kind of one of my favorite places to go to awesome awesome so okay now i'm gonna give you a a two-sided coin here what is overrated about ireland (sighs) overrated and then you can say Um, underrated so what's overrated first I guess I have to say the like the whiskey and the and the beer like they're really known for their beer and like whiskey here, but ain't all that ain't all that. You know, I think it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like okay. All right, what's underrated? Underrated. Honestly, I think I'd say the whole country is underrated, mm. and I say that because people often like. You know, whenever people think of, like, touristy places in Europe, they think of, like, Paris, and let's go to London, and let's go to Spain. Um, rarely do people say, like, let's go to Ireland. <laughs> you know, like, I've never heard of it before. And honestly, like, before I met my husband, I, I really did not, I, I knew nothing about Ireland. Like, I knew, what I knew about Irish people was, like, St. Patrick's Day. Same. and. Still do. Now I know more thanks to you. (laughs) Yeah. I just knew like St. Patrick's Day and then the Irish Americans in Boston tend to be racist. That's all I really knew. Yeah. So (laughs) there wasn't much that I really knew. Um, It wasn't like a place that I would like, oh, like that's on my to-go list. Like I was like, I want to go to Paris, London. I want to go to Spain, Italy. Like I, um, but yeah, I'd say the whole country is, it's honestly beautiful. It's very, very um, scenic. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, they have beautiful oceans here, um, beautiful beaches. No one, you know, would ever think of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a really beautiful place. It's really chill. The people are honestly, I have to say, like Irish people within Ireland are very, very. Um, they're very pleasant, and they have, you know, I didn't even know about the about the about the history that you know they have. They've had a crazy relationship, you know with the UK and uh, the royal family. And at one point where, you know, the IRA, they were all fighting each other and, you know, the battle with like Southern Ireland and Northern Ireland. Um, But they've, they've got their own little, um, they've got their own little story with, you know, fighting for freedom themselves. Interesting. yeah, so a lot of them, I have to say, a lot of them that I have had conversations with tend to understand, you know, where I'm coming from with, you know, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and the issues that are happening um, in America and the oppression that's going on. Um, because that is something that happens with them and the UK yeah. um, and uh, their history, which 
only happened in like the 70s and 80s. So they have a quite a crazy history. Um, So I think often people just don't know about that. And it is underrated in that way. All right, the whole country. And last but not least, in 60 seconds, I'll give you the floor. Tell our listeners why they should go live in Ireland. Oh, okay. Well, um, I chose to... I think this is a great place to, one, I'd say, raise a family. One, cost of living, um, very, very low. Um, healthcare, healthcare is free. Affordable college. The police don't have guns. <laughs> the citizens don't have guns. Um, and their government in general is just very unproblematic. Their president's unproblematic, and honestly, their <laughs> prime minister is unproblematic. Okay, so those are the top reasons. enjoyed that episode with tally i most definitely did um just want to hit on a couple of themes and points that she made and that i keep hearing honestly from people that i've interviewed on this podcast is this idea of not having to think about your skin color or in her case not having to think about being black while abroad and again you see that once again <laughs> in ireland that's her case right that she doesn't think about being black while in ireland compared to the states even in places that are diverse, right, like New York, um, you know, she has to worry about the way she's dressed and the way she looks when she's going for a jog. I mean, these are just very, these are things that to, the, to someone that's not a person of color, and particularly not, not a black person, it's hard to kind of grasp, right? This idea of what, I gotta look, I gotta look at the way I dress for going for a jog? What, that might be an issue for me if I look a certain way while I go jogging or doing anything else. So it's kind of crazy. And, I've never thought of going to Ireland, honestly. I don't know if anyone listening has, but it sounds like a beautiful place. And I think Tally has definitely sold me on it. So thank you, Tally. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, hope you enjoyed that episode. And next week's episode, I have something in the works. I don't want to give away too many details because it's still in the works. I'll be interviewing someone from a pretty faraway land, hopefully. And uh, it should be a fun, fun episode. So be on the lookout for that. Won't give you too many details because it's still not finalized. But... If you like what you hear and want to hear more of it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.